0: Hi, this is Cheryl Thibault, and welcome to the walk of life passion, purpose, and people. Our special guest today is the amazing Deborah Carver, and she is an amazing woman. Over the coming weeks, we'll be joined by a selection of guests and experts to help promote our book called Career in the Beauty Industry Discover If It's For You. And Deborah is a contributor to that book, and she talks about her. Story and her walk of life. So, introducing Deborah Carver. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So, Deborah is a publisher, publishing company. Tell us your story, Deborah, so we can find out more about you. Okay. Uh, I was born on the East
1: Coast in Philadelphia. And when I was 18, I Ran away from home and ran to California <laughs> and, uh, and I, worked, uh, I worked various jobs and I secured a job with a publishing company and worked for them for six years, learned everything I could and started my own publishing business when I was 26 years old. Wow. And uh, it, it was uh,
0: very successful right from the outset. So what took you to publishing? What was your drive to go into publishing? Well, it's what I learned from the people that I worked for. They were they were publishers
1: and uh, I published mostly medical magazines. We were involved with some of the most uh, uh, famous uh, publications. And we started emergency medical services when ambulances were still used as hearses, uh, they either oh, took them to the hospital or they took them to the to the morgue. That's how long ago this was. So wow! This was sixty years ago. We uh, we started a magazine called Dialysis and Transplantation before there was even a dialysis machine. Wow! Nutritional support services such as uh, support uh, people who can't ingest food, and so forth and so on. I had about fifteen medical magazines on and off for fifteen or twenty years, and then I found the beauty industry, <laughs> and uh, I uh, I started a magazine called Nail Pro. Okay. It was, it, yeah, and there was one competitor in the field, and uh, we came into it and just made beautiful magazines uh, of hands and nails and designs and things that the other publication didn't do. Yeah. And within a couple of years, we became the number one magazine and just continued to grow from there. And the publishing business went into the beauty industry, big time, hair, skin, nails,
0: spas, uh, and so forth and so on. Well, I remember nail Pro. I remember I couldn't wait to get my nail pro and and just in awe of of the work that you know in the nails that was in there and it was my inspiration. It motivated me to just want to keep learning and and keep it was, i think nail Pro was in almost every salon, hair yeah. salons and everything I remember it was it was very inspirational for me. Right. When, well, when
1: we started Nail Pro, the, the beauty industry has grown exponentially uh, through the years. But when we started, there were nail salons, hair salons, uh, uh, pedicure salons, and so forth and so on. As the industry uh, continued to grow, uh, full service salons became much more popular. So you, a woman could go in. We were busier women then. Mm -hmm. And we didn't want to go for a a pedicure and a manicure and to get our hair done. So uh, the full service salons really blossomed at that time. And uh, they incorporated all the services women needed. And then, you know, it even grew from there to things like doing permanent makeup and doing, uh, you know, uh, treatments, uh, facial treatments and body
0: treatments. And the spa industry grew from there as well. Yeah, it changed definitely from a salon service type of thing into spa. Spa became... Everybody wanted a spa. They all wanted the word spa in front of now even there's dog exactly. spa. <laughs> there's every kind of spa you can get, right?
1: That's well when we started Day Spa magazine, which was the first spa publication, really. When we started that, there were only 300 legitimate spas in the United States. And overnight, Deborah's nail salon became Deborah's spa. That's right. You know, or, you know, uh, so everybody put the word spa into the, into the, their, the names of their stores and their shops. Yeah. So it was a phenomenal growth. Happened overnight. Yeah. Everybody
0: wanted to own a spa. <laughs> everybody wanted <laughs> to own do. a spa. Right. It's true. And
1: now Cheryl, what's really interesting is it's reverted. Now we're, we're, we're again segmenting a lot of the industry, and uh, individual uh, uh, cosmetologists are popping up all over, doing specific work mm-hmm. rather than the the the, uh, the ability to be able to go in and get all your services done in one place. Yeah. So it's gone full circle and go, I think going backwards now.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that trend because a lot of, well, COVID changed the world, of course. And so a lot of spas and businesses like that were closed and the overhead was so high that they couldn't keep them open. So I see what you're saying that the technician is probably now a more self-employed person. Yes, on their own, and and I can see that happening for sure. It's it's actually happening here too. They're working from home a lot more, renting a little booth, overheads lower, you know, like uh, it used to be.
1: <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, salon suites, you know, they have really taken over the industry big time as well, offering, you know, individual, you know, ten by ten rooms yeah. to technicians. So the, the industry is again, revolving. It'd be interesting to see where it ends up. Where do you think it's, where do you think it's going? Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's a really tough question. I, uh, I sold my business a, a year and a half ago, so I'm not quite as into it. And I sold it during COVID when the world was changing anyway. But I I think it's going to uh, less employee-based salons and more individual stylists doing what they do, either from a home base, a mobile base, or a salon suite of some kind. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think people want to work quite as hard as they worked in the past. I mean, when... When we were young and we started businesses, we worked 14, 15, 16 hours a day without thinking about it twice, seven days a week. Took care of our kids, took care of our parents and did what we needed to do. The mindset is not the same today. For some people, I'm sure it is, but I think for the majority of young people entering into a, a career, their ambitions are not the same. And they're more, they want more to enjoy life And uh, not so much uh, the work ethic that we had.
0: Yeah, they want more fun in their day than, you know, we were driven, I was driven, and I still am, I still put in those hours, you know, looking to slack off, but then, you know, that next decision comes and off I go again, and you just keep it Mm -hmm. going. But yeah. Um, it's true I I noticed that even in in my staff too uh, you know we're done we're off for the day and then they go and they have extracurricular activities where we just worked
1: (laughs) that's exactly right
0: yeah we worked
1: and we we, I don't know whether you have children or not but we worked we raised our children we we did everything that we needed to do and it all worked out okay for us but the kids of today are, are, are much different I see it in my Children, I see it in my grandchildren.
0: Yeah, know. yeah, and it's funny. I'm sure my grandparents said that about me. <laughs> Those kids <laughs> <in> today. <laughs> that's gone That's around. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> we all think
1: as we get older that we're unique. We're not so unique. You know? <laughs> it's true. Well,
0: so you won uh, the City of Hope Award. So can you yes. tell us about that because that's very significant. That's quite an honor. Thank you. It, it was quite an honor.
1: There's only been about 32 33 people have been honored wow and uh and uh, i worked for the city of hope with the magazines for many years and they asked me time and time again to be an honoree and i kept turning it down because i felt it was for more the people in the industry itself that publishing was not the beauty industry but they finally convinced me and uh we we had, it was uh, in 2018, I think, 2019. And uh, it was quite a thing. We had 750 people. We raised over a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really fun night. The thing that I loved about it is every City of Hope dinner, people did their speeches. The person was honored. They were given the award. And then en masse, everybody got up and walked out of the out of the uh, out of, you know, out of the dinner, they were all gone, you know, but at my city of hope, everybody stayed, we danced, we we listened to music, we had fun and they literally asked us to leave. <laughs> so out of the 750 people, about 600 of us stayed and had a really grand party. So That's fabulous. that that was heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I so, remember that it was at Mandalay Bay. Yes, I remember your beautiful face hanging on those <laughs> posters up on the ceiling. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that was. Did good. you come to the dinner? I didn't make the dinner. I forget. I think I had booked a meeting, and then I realized it was happening, and I couldn't get yeah. in. But I was there in spirit. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It yeah. was a
1: lot of fun. We had good time.
0: Yeah, I wish I would have made it yeah. for sure. But yeah. So what kept you going into the beauty industry? What was a passion for you or did it just kind of snowball and it's like, wow, this is great. Let's do this one next.
1: I think it was a combination of things. For 20 years, I wrote on the back of ambulances, (laughs) watched people getting dialyzed or, you know, getting hyperalimentation for nutrition, all kinds of things. I started all kinds of magazines, diving magazines, gift shop magazines. But when I reached the beauty industry, it became my heart. I think the people in the beauty industry are, without doubt, the nicest people I have ever met. I never had so much fun. They were fun to be with. The hairdressers and the nail technicians. We just had we we laughed all the time. So I eventually sold off all of my publications and started this small beauty empire. And at one time I probably had about eight or nine beauty magazines. And magazines have a life, you know, some go on forever like Nail Pro and Day Spa. And, uh, you know, but they have a life, they go up and they go down. And when I sold the company, I sold five magazines. And, you know, end of my career. I'm kind yeah. of sorry I did.
0: Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Do you miss it?
1: I do. I'm. <laughs> I i 1st of all, I'm bored to death. You know, I, I I've worked my entire life since I'm a child. I've you know, I never occurred to me to stay in bed after five o'clock in the morning. You know, so so, but I I do miss it. I as a matter of fact, before we started this call, I was on the call with a call with someone talking about uh some kind of business
0: venture in the beauty industry so we'll see what happens you got to get your hands back into something eh yeah Yeah, I know when you're used to working so hard it's it's hard that's you know people say Cheryl you know are you ever going to sell your school I'm like what would I do but you know there's always something that I would find to do but every day (laughs) like you know it's that it's that so that's a challenge for you is it it is it's a
1: big challenge. Because publishing is really all that I know, right? And, uh, you know, I, I have I plan to do all these world travels, uh, going on cruises and visiting countries I'd never been to. Mm-hmm. But it ha- all happened during COVID. So, right. as the world changed, so did my plans. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see where it goes. Where do you plan on going? Well, my grandson is having a destination wedding in Italy oh. in October. So before the wedding, we will we're going to take a 2-week cruise uh from uh Barcelona to Greece. Nice. And this will be my first cruise, so we'll see how this goes. Oh. <laughs> You, you, might know, get not, you might get I'm not, not one heart. to you well, I have a boater, but i you know I like to run the boat, not to necessarily just like <laughs> round, but we'll see i I think I might enjoy it i we'll we'll find out
0: I'm sure you, you know. will no yeah. there's lots to do on a cruise, so yeah, that's what they say yeah, so I want to ask a question um that I've been finding the best answers to is what was impossible for you that you overcame? Well, I'm 80 years old. What?
1: Yes, I'm 80. Oh my God! Okay, well, that's impossible for me (laughs) if I look like you at 80. Oh my God, you're beautiful. Thank you so much. But you know, I started at a time when you know Betty Friedan just—I was 21 years old when she came out with her book. I truly was a, a, a pioneer for women. In the industries that I was in. I was the only woman, woman that, you know, in emergency medicine. I, I had a magazine in in uh, wiring and cables. And I remember being in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and I had to give a speech to 260 some utility managers. What did I was, you know, 26 years old? What did I know about utility managers or <laughs> You know I was a publisher. I knew how to publish magazines, get material, and I I was scared to death and I got up on that podium and looked at there was not one woman in the room, not one, <laughs> not a woman in the room. and uh, and that's the way it was back then. So we forged we forged a path and but it was you know, overcoming uh, men not respecting uh, what we said, because women didn't say much. Women were expected after the war, you know, it was over. Women were expected to go back and be housewives and mothers and take care of men. Uh, but from an early age, I knew that that's not what I was going to do. So I think women my age who started businesses were entrepreneurial forged uh, a road for for all, all women to be mm-hmm. able to go into business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and be respected for it and I, I would go into huge companies like Johnson and Johnson and you know company, uh, and talk with I mean uh, 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 Danny Deutsch, the father, uh, you know, of advertising, I worked with him, that's how long back we went, and it was all men, wow, so
0: that was the biggest thing to overcome, wow, well, you're definitely a strong woman, for sure, because that was, for sure, a challenge, how how were you received from that speech that you gave to all those men, did they, did they, throw tomatoes at you or stand up uh, and give you an standing ovation? Well, well, you know,
1: I, I was pretty brash back then. And uh, after the speech, it was all prepared for me. But after the speech, somebody raised their hand and they asked a question. Well, I was feeling like, you know, I could just do anything. And I answered the question. And apparently, I gave a really stupid answer. <laughs> and a, uh, a napkin came up to the podium and it said, You are so beautiful with egg on your face. (laughs) And that turned out to be the man that I married. (laughs) (laughs) So so it was a it was a good it was a
0: good afternoon. (laughs) With egg on your face, then (laughs) I'm just saying you don't hear anymore either. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Wow. Wow. So if you could go back into publishing, would you go back or would you go into something else?
1: No, I'd go into something else. Publishing is uh, is not good. I'm sure you see all the magazines or I mean, they're thin. Yeah. When I published Nail Pro, you probably remember it was a 200 page magazine filled with advertising. Today it's a thirty-six page magazine with seven pages of ads.
0: Yeah.
1: So and and it's not only Vanity Fair, Elle, Cosmo, all of them have fallen because of the internet. The internet has changed the way people see uh, products and things that they read. So
0: yeah,
1: it's a, it's difficult. So no, I would not go back into publishing.
0: Well. Wow you you left at the best time (laughs) i did travel i did
1: it was the best of times and then the worst of times
0: kind of like buying a boat your best day and your worst day right (laughs) the best day when you buy it and the best day when you sell it
1: that's right that's
0: that's what (laughs) they say (laughs) is there anything else that you want to share with us deborah
1: Well, not really, I'm not sure who will be watching this or whether my words have any meaning, but I just think that we have to, as as women in business, uh, I guess as anybody in business, just keep marching forward and listen to your heart and listen to your brain and don't let anybody deter you from doing what you think is the best thing to do. Because it always turns out to be the best thing. You get get thrown
0: off track and it's
1: hard to get back. It's Mm -hmm. true.
0: It's true. Yeah. Stay focused. Well, you're definitely a woman of encouragement. Thank you. To many, I know. um, I hear your name around so much. Um, As you know, I know Tony Cuccio and he just (laughs) thinks the world of you. And he told me his daughter wrote her report about you and, you know, we had to choose a famous woman and she chose you. So (laughs) that speaks a lot.
1: I know that was very sweet. I've known Tony a long time. He's been, I know that he doesn't have the most stellar reputation and I tell that to him too, but you know, deep down inside, he is a man with a huge heart. Yeah. Yeah. He he really is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's helped a lot of people. In, he has. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I just got to get him on the show. He just hasn't committed to a time yet. I got to narrow him down.
1: <laughs> well, he's been he's been pretty busy. He's off in Costa Rica, I think, someplace. uh oh, beautiful! The Cuchillo, yeah, seminar.
0: Yeah. Well, trade show yeah. season's coming up too. So, will you be still attending trade shows?
1: You know, I don't know. It's heartbreaking to me. I had trade shows. We had several of them. Mm-hmm. And they, they most of them fell apart. I heard that the most recent ones were pretty decent, so I'm glad to hear that. But I, I don't know that I'm ready to go back and face people and keep answering the same question. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you going to do you now? So
0: the same ones I've been asking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and to tell you the truth, after after a year and a half of not putting on high heels right? That, that certainly sounds appealing, you know?
0: I know. I know. It's it's funny when, when you work from home. I know when COVID first started, I, I mean, my office is from home. So I've got it all set up. And I went to our staples to get ink for the printer and there was none. And he said, since we've gone home-based business there's no printer ink there's no desks there's no chairs Jesus, we've almost sold out of anything so if you can find ink for your printer I suggest you buy a few months worth of <laughs> because it's all gone so is true, everyone's gotten comfortable in their in yeah. their you know sweatpants and and running shoes and I don't know
1: Cheryl whether that's a good thing or a bad thing
0: <laughs> I really don't yeah
1: you know, I can't imagine my running my business, 60 or 70 people all working in different places. I think that people need to talk. They need, that's how ideas spring up. It. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to this world of ours. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: you know, true. And it's true, you know, you just have your coffee pot conversation and and a word springs up and and there you go onto a new you know trajectory there's another idea that sprung that probably wouldn't have happened had you not been there having that Correct. conversation Correct. what we do for the school is my core team of um well my core team they come to my house uh twice a year for three days and we have our because we all hired the big core team during COVID as well. So we've all been digital, you know, and away from each other. So we have them show up and, and we, we have our, we, my boat is called all in with two (laughs) ends because everybody stays on it. So that's what we call our team meetings Our all in meetings because everybody stays at the house here too. Right. So Uh we all just come for, you know, three or four days and brainstorm. And it is definitely needed that, communication, the, the touch, the feel, the hugs, the laughter, the eating together. You know, we put on the music and we dance at night, but the next morning we're back in business, right? But it's it's definitely needed for sure. I, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. Oh. I think a lot of our buildings in our downtown core that used to be office buildings are now being converted to condominiums because people are closing down their office because a lot of people are choosing to work from home. Yes. So well, after COVID it's, it's difficult to get
1: people to come back in. They feel they're just as productive. And for a lot of mothers, it's probably a good thing, you know, that, that they can be home with their children because I guess it's the bottom line. It doesn't matter whether you're working at 12 midnight till five in the morning, You know, as long as you get your work done. But I think the communication between people is where we're going to see uh, uh, failure. Yeah. And how businesses grow.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. There's nothing like the human touch. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And we're in that business. I mean, the beauty industry is all touch. You know, from whether it's fingernails, toenails or a haircut, you know, you're you've got to be hands on. So, yeah, it might be one business that does survive through
1: it all. Well, you know, a nail technician takes a woman's hand and holds it. Yeah. And what more intimate uh, gesture is there than that? And that's why the nail technicians and the hairdressers have such an intimate relationship with the people that they service yeah, yeah because they're touching them yeah and that will always be what the beauty industry is about
0: yeah yeah so I that'll can... never be lost that's so important and you know to this day I know I'm in a, the industry for 40 years now and I can honestly tell you my 40-year friends are still some of my very first clients that yeah. i ever had and other than probably all my friends have been related through business other than knowing them through school. All my friends have come to me either as an advertising agent or across my manicure table, which they all ended up there anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's true. They, um, they all did. Even my, my daughter met her husband indirectly through, through that. This is a funny story. His, his dad and his uncle, his brother and his sister are all hairdressers and they all own the salons in, in the city and my son-in-law is a stonemason and he swore he would never ever be involved with anyone in the beauty industry and my daughter her first license is hairdressing How <laughs> she ended it before when when she <laughs> was having their first baby she worked for me at my spa and then she would work also hairdressing for that family too so he ended up indirectly back in the beauty industry anyway so
1: that's funny
0: it is funny funny. I'm never marrying a hairdresser
1: but he did (laughs) (laughs) well I married I married a nail
0: technician (laughs) (laughs) so see your hands are in the business that's right Well, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate and respect your time for coming on board and and sharing your story with us. And, and um, is there anything in closing that you would like to share? Not really. I just want to wish you a lot of luck. I, oh.
1: you told me your story right before we started this interview. And, you know, my heart goes out to you. And I hope it's a huge success for you.
0: Oh, thank and
1: you. I look forward to reading the book.
0: Yes, it's going to be available pretty darn quick. It's um, I'm just waiting for my first copy to come to me for approval. And then it's if any changes need to be made, then if not, we're full on. So it should be this month that we're hitting the stores.
1: So that's great. Well, okay. congratulations.
0: Thank you. You've taken
1: on quite an endeavor. I know how difficult oh. it is to put together a book.
0: I didn't know. I think that's why I did it. (laughs) I didn't know. But now that I know, I know number two. I don't know if I want to get into number two. And I've also been asked to co author So I've got four other books that I've co-authored coming out. Two are already out. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I know. Who thought a a story like mine would make the news? (laughs) That's
1: great, Cheryl. That's great.
0: Yeah. So um, the first one that came out was Visionary Women Leaders. And then the second one is Disrupting the Status Quo. And oh, so, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So we're disruptors, Deborah.
1: <laughs> well, you need to be today. Yeah. You so need
0: to be. Volume two coming out in that one. Another one coming out is Undefeated. And another one is uh, From Scratch to Success. Or so. so I guess there's five. Five more well, you've
1: up. been a busy lady.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <lady. Yeah. laughs> it all happened during COVID again. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this one is good because this one is directed specifically to people wondering if a career in the beauty industry is for them. And you know, we've gotten different. contributors to contribute a chapter to explain you know pros and cons of why they love it why they don't nobody doesn't they've been in it 40 years we have 400 years of wisdom in this book from our contributors wow that's a lot it's a lot yeah (laughs) so um it's pretty exciting and um yeah I'm, i'm excited to get it out because you know with your contribution and and now we're talking about it and and the others i think it gives a a good all-round aspect to the industry that people can decide you know what I think I might like to do that you know so I'm hoping well the beauty the beauty
1: industry if you want something that's a lifetime endeavor the beauty industry is definitely the place to be
0: yeah and it's fun it's just fun you know like you said the people are great you'll meet lifetime
1: lifetime uh friends yeah You, you said it they remain your friends forever. Yeah. Clients do and your coworkers. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's true. It's true. Well, again, I thank you, Deborah, for you're very welcome, say. Cheryl. Good luck yeah. to you. Thank you so much. All right, honey. And and to our listeners, if you want more information, you can find us at misscheryl.com. It's M-I-S-S-C-H-E-R-Y-L.com. And we'll also have all the information in the show notes. And we absolutely invite you to go to that website and get your free ebook called Setback to Success. Is a career in the beauty industry your answer to safety, sustainability, and job security? And of course, leading into the book, career in the beauty industry, is it for you? So that's a little taster of what's in the book. So again, thank you. And it's Cheryl signing off from the walk of life, passion, purpose, and people. And I thank Deborah Carver again for joining us and sharing her beautiful story with us. And in the words of my little brother, bye for now.